Stieber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól! Gól! Eldölt a Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you are listening to us around the world at this present moment. And it seems like it's been a long, long, long time that we've all been together. Um, I can't really blame COVID now this time either. I think it's just been a lack of football. Um, our last international fixture was back in November when we had an amazing win in uh, in Poland. Um, so we're back and we have the star study team with us we have tom mortimer good evening tom good morning or evening gary how are you i'm very well thank you very much and uh Vince's here as well how are you sir yeah i'm great thanks how are you i'm very well thank you thank you and chris barrett returns um all the way over in the united states hey chris hey guys how how's everybody all tickety-boo. I think we're talking, yeah, talking on behalf of everyone, but everyone seems all good. Um, all good, though. I wonder if our national team can fit into that um, <laughs> that wording at the moment. Uh, let's say we, we last played Poland um, and had a, a really good win against them. Uh, first game back, so we saw us face Serbia. Um, first of all, Tom, the squad that was announced, we had um, we had three or four that went out and we had um, three that come in and most notably one that we've been calling for for ages and ages now, um, Mr. Callum Styles. Yeah, that was really exciting. Um, it was one of them ones where we first started talking about it, it felt a little bit like fanciful. Like one of those um, people that you see with Hungarian roots, like Tim Howard or whatever, uh, in bygone era, and it kind of felt like, oh, it, it feels like it might it would be really cool if he ended up playing for us. And then um, I guess he tailed off a little bit at Barnsley. Barnsley, I guess, I guess tailed off themselves a little bit. And then I, I guess maybe he came to the realization that England isn't probably ever going to be a possibility for him and obviously he's really really young anyway but he's kind of yeah I guess quickly figured out that yeah that maybe that's not going to be a possibility for me and thought yeah let's try and um, open well try and open myself up for opportunities elsewhere obviously Ukraine that we spoke about on the pod before that that was another option for him but because of the um, the, the rules with uh, dual citizenship from Ukrainians they he couldn't actually do that. He'd have to have revoked his citizenship. And obviously that situation's become a lot different anyway since the war. But um, yeah, so Hungary became, kind of became his only option for international duty. Um, and yeah, it's, it's so exciting when he got called up and, and he got, got his um, citizenship a couple of months ago or maybe last month or whatever. It's it feels like we have been talking about it for a long time and we have, but it also feels like it just came around really, really quick as well. Um, and we saw in, in the, the couple of games, I'm sure we'll get into it a bit more, um, just how good he is on the ball and how uh, vital I think he actually will be for Hungary. Like I say, he's not had the greatest year with Barnsley and, and Barnsley have dropped off massively. They were in the playoffs last year. Um, and this year looks like they're going to get relegated. They've improved a little bit, so they might survive. But he will definitely move elsewhere, and I don't think he'll drop into League One um, if 
Barnsley do go down, I think he'll be at a top championship club next year. Premier League clubs have even been sniffing around and stuff. That's how good he is. And like I say, really, really young, super talented on the ball, super tidy. And it's, yeah, it's just really exciting. Um, it's funny as well, because say if like our back five, which we, we always like to play, um, we could have Loic Nega, who's French at right back. We have Callum Styles at left back, who's English. And obviously Willie Orban, who's actually German at centre half as well. So, yeah, it's quite funny that we've got no native Hungarian speakers. Well, three out of five, uh, the back five will be non-Hungarian native speakers. It's quite fun. Yeah, I think, and, and Callum himself said that, you know, it, it integrating into the team was easy because everything is done in English, um, obviously, with... Um, Rossi, you know, at the helm, who's not a massive Hungarian speaker, then, yeah, pretty pretty obvious. Um, Chris, how do you think, like, it's becoming a, playing for the Hungarian national team, um, which, you know, only become apparent over these last kind of few months that he was able to? Well, I mean, I think anytime you have an opportunity to play at that level, um, it's it's got to be something that you go after. And as as Tom mentioned, I, I think his options playing for England were, were running out or at least, you know, thinning. And so I think it's easier to um, adapt to that when that's your maybe your only real opportunity to play at that level, international level. And I think um, a team set up like Hungary, as Tom mentioned, where there's already a number of non-native speakers that are um, really leading the side uh, in a number of ways makes it makes it easier and, and gives him that opportunity to to, um, to be able to slide in a little easier and, and you know watching the game against Northern Ireland where he started um, didn't seem to me that he had really any issue <laughs> he seemed to be one of the best players on the pitch and so uh, it seems like he's being able to communicate and adapt quite well yeah but exactly that and Ben say he you know we've got a We've got a good balance to this to this squad where we've got obviously the older experienced head, but we've we've got a lot of your sort of younger players. Um obviously with with Callum's age as well. Do you find that something that's like it makes it easier for him to bed in? He's gonna have sort of more in common and, and stuff like that, really. Possibly. Uh, but I I mean I, I suppose so. I think it also helps that a lot of the younger players are more likely to probably speak English as well. Uh, rather than the older heads um, because they've been abroad and it's now more common in Hungary and and the rest of Europe for people to speak English because of the internet and everything else but from a Hungarian perspective I think it's just very exciting to you know have some some of the best players in the country under the age of 25 you know like Schaefer I thought he was probably one of the standout performers in this international week and he's only 22 obviously styles i think turned 22 during the international break and uh, a couple of others as well sobosley and uh, roland chalet as well yeah excellent stuff um guys as much as we're excited to see him um it was pretty much i can't say same old same old because we've actually been better than that um you know in in recent years but the game against Serbia was uh, was quite a, a poor watch, Tom. Yeah, I find I find some of these like friendlies when, especially when there's like no European qualifiers to come. Like we've not even been drawn for for the Euros group. I know we've got the Nations League games in the summer, um, but it's kind of 
almost like that purgatory mode where like I guess some players are playing for for places in that Nations League squad and I guess some of those guys will try really hard but then this is kind of the business end of the season as well like like Benson mentioned Schaefer has been um Schaefer was awesome in this international break but you, you could definitely imagine his um eyes being um uh, maybe not on internationals trying to get into that union team I know he's kind of just come back from injury, so maybe this kind of international break came at the right time. You think of someone like Adam Nodge, who's trying to get into Serie A, um, maybe not fully focused on these internationals. And to be fair, like Serbia are a really good team. I know, I know, we did beat them um, in in the in the Nations League last time we played them uh, away from home. I think we drew at home, um, but obviously they qualified for the World Cup and they've got super talented players. So I don't think it was too disappointing to lose to them and friendlies I guess you try things out it maybe didn't I was never going to expect this game to be the most exciting and obviously we should have come away with a result anyway like Schaefer with that amazing run um, hitting the post and then Soboslai who I'm sure we'll get into Soboslai a little bit later who, who's not been in great form recently kind of the first blip of his career missing that open goal so yeah it wasn't the greatest game in the world and I guess, in, especially in this type of game, you, you maybe expect Serbia to be less less interested than us. And I think potentially they were. I feel like we our endeavour was more, and I think that they at times looked like they were going through the motions more than us, actually. Um, and we were maybe arguably the better team. Maybe you could argue that either way. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe it was just it was just one of those games. It was just a friendly and a little bit like the Northern Ireland first half. That was what was really poor as well. Yeah, I just I don't know whether I expected more or not for the fact that um, it was back at home. Um, you know, the fans back in the, in the stadium. Um, maybe expecting a little bit more, um, a, a bit of a lift or something like that. I say it's, it's it's been a long time since we've. We've seen the national team, um, but maybe I'm being, yeah, you know, I've been the harshest critic that, that, that there has been of this national team. Um, and, and we have been outstanding over the last couple of years. So, yeah, the off days um, are, are allowed, I suppose. Um, Chris, who did you see as a, as a sort of standout performer um, in that game against Serbia? Well, I think I think the back line did, did a pretty good job. Um, Really, for most of the game, it was it was difficult to watch, um, as Tom mentioned as well, just because you're thinking these guys are coming in playing at the at the height of their ability. Just this this stage of the season, and there's a lot of missed opportunities. I mean, I know that um, you know Hungary had a few missed opportunities, but Serbia had a lot as well, um, just especially in that first half. I mean, there was there was a couple that um, I just I really thought that's you know that that's it. You know, the, the, the goal that they scored, in fact, was, you know, the own goal. And that was uh, really difficult to watch as a as a Hungarian national football team fan. But, um, you know, it, it seems to me that early on it could have been, you know, 2-0, two, 3-0. Two um, but, you know, I mean, um, you know, I think them playing the, the central back three with, you know, Willie Orban was looking really good. Um you know, I think I think Shalai had a really good chance uh, either late in the first half or early in the second half. Um, you know, he seemed to be getting uh, finding space. But, you know, a, as a team, I, I wasn't too disappointed 
just based on there's really not a whole lot to play for there. And I know that they're getting ready to play some massive matches this summer. Um, but, uh, you know, over, overall, I think, you know, both, uh, both games, they, they seem to, they seem to, to show out. Okay. Hmm. Tom, just to go back to, to Callum, um, Callum Styles, while, while we're on, on the Serbia game, um, before, in the press, I really like the fact that he was saying, like, I'll literally play in goal. He was saying that last year he played as a left-back. Um, this season he's played on the right side. He likes playing there. can also play in the midfield, central, offensive, defense. He's basically saying to Rossi, wherever you want me to play, I will play, which is, you know, fantastic attitude, absolutely fantastic. Um, we saw him play at... Um, left wing, which was okay. So we've got Naj playing um, at a left wing back where we expected him to play. Um, do you see it as the natural progression will be that Styles will play that position? Or did you think he had a lot more to offer in that, on that left wing? I think I think left wing back will probably be his, his position going forward. I feel, I feel like it's Especially like starting him in this in the first game against Serbia, I think um, pl- like to just come in and and take Zoltan Nodge's place. When Nodge, I think he's actually done okay. I know he gets his criticism, but I actually think he's done all right to be honest. And I thought he was actually all right against Northern Ireland. I know he gave that ball away for the um, for Stephen Davis' chance when he hit the post, but I thought he actually did okay in that game. I think, and I think, you know, you couldn't just bring him in and start him straight away in in left wing back. I think, I think he'll probably end up playing centre mid or or left wing back going forward. Um, he has played a bit on the wing, like he said, on the right as well this season. I don't think it's worked out for him too well. Like I, I know he said he he feels all right playing there, but I don't think think it's his best position. He's very very technically able and and that's why centre midfield suits him really nicely but if you look at kind of Hungary's where Hungary need him most that is definitely left wing back like you think Nago's been very very good for Hungary uh, over the past 12 months at right wing back that kind of seems to be sorted centre half's fine um, you think to to our centre mids we're, we're rich in talent in centre midfield and like I don't think Styles is particularly needed there and I, th- I think if we're short then sure he can come in and fill a gap but you think to to kind of our best three which I would say is Soboslai, uh, Schaefer and, and Nodge and then you've got Kleinheisler to come back into that as well and Kleinheisler despite kind of being quite well very inconsistent at club level he's, he's usually very good for Hungary and, and we saw that at the Euros last summer Um I would say Styles there would probably be fifth choice. He might be actually better than than any of those players on on um, in centre midfield, but it's kind of not really a need. Whereas left wing back, we've got Jolt Marge there, and, but he is limited, and he plays for Pushkas Academy with all respect. Um, that is definitely just the place. And when we were talking about where can Styles play hypothetically about six months ago. We were like, yeah, it'd be perfect left wing back. He solved such a problem there. So I just see, I just see that being the solution, really. Um, I think that, I think it's just perfect, and it's kind of just made for him. I just think maybe Rossi doesn't want to do it too soon. I think he wants to to kind of bed him in slowly, which is which is fair enough, I think. Yeah, no, all, all good points. 
Um, Chris, moving on to the to the Northern Ireland game, um, we pretty much um, backs to the wall um, for all of it, um, particularly the last kind of five minutes or so when um, Dibbus like was just you know, basically kept us got us the win, kept a clean sheet. Um, defensively, we looked absolutely out of sorts. It was it was like they'd never met each other. Yeah, um, you know, it, it obviously wasn't one of their best uh, performances. Um, it, it, it you could tell early on that there was something something going on. I mean, there was a couple of chances early on where um, uh, the Northern Ireland players were just running into space, and there was just nobody there. Um, I think it was the first couple minutes where um, I'm not sure who it was that kind of poked in just right at the edge of the area and tried that outside of the foot shot that hit the base of the post, and and you're thinking, oh my my goodness. Um, I, honestly, I'm not really sure what's going on. I'm, I'm guessing uh, Bensa or, or, or Tom might have a little more tactical detail on, on what was going on there. But, um, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think that's one that uh, Hungary can can find themselves pretty or count themselves pretty lucky that they came away with with a win. Yeah. And, Tom, um, penalty for you or not that, that Northern Ireland um, should or shouldn't have had? I, I'm kind of I'm edging towards... Not a penalty for me, but um, seems like uh, the whole of Northern Ireland um, thought that it was. Yeah, I thought it was really soft if it would have been given. I, it's one of them that, like, if if we had VAR, I don't think we, yeah, we didn't have VAR, did we? No. no, no, no. So I think it's one of them. If the if VAR was there and it was a penalty, wouldn't they wouldn't have reversed it? And the same like this way, it's one of them, like, if the referee gives it on the pitch, then there's not going to be conclusive enough evidence to to turn it one way or other. But I thought it would have been really soft if they had given it, to be honest. Yeah, no, very much. Um, Bente, great finish for our goal. Um, really, really composed. I mean, some will say that it was a really easy chance, but there's no, there's no such thing, is there? I think that he showed really, really good calmness on his shoulders. Yeah, I think so. He's... he's... In the last few weeks, Shalai has shown that sort of striker's instinct. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw his goal for uh, Freiburg in the DFB Pokal. Uh, it was him sort of latching onto a mistake in that um, in that game as well, uh, in extra time. And then again, uh, that that uh, it was the same thing in this one in a game against Northern Ireland. Uh, but the two goals are very familiar, very similar in some sense so yeah I, I think his finishing is underrated and uh, I I think I honestly think this summer is going to be uh, an important sort of decision for him to make because at Freiburg it, it, there's just such a weird system in place for players where um, you know they're always rotated even if you play well um, so I think if uh, he is looking to get more minutes, uh, there should be other clubs or other options for him available. Yeah, it's... Gabby, you you only needed to go as far as uh, Sobos Lives missed to so to show just how um, not easy some of those wide open chances are. You know. Yeah, I, I hear you. Although, and again, we're all guilty of it of putting all the pressure onto Sobosly's shoulders. We, you know, we we do it. Our expectations of him are really, really high. Um, a, a confident, 
playing every week. Soberschlei scores that, probably picks any of the top corners to, to put it into as well. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just think that, yeah, for me, that's a goal every time. Um, it, football's a funny game like that, psychology-wise. It's, you know, because, he, again, he's not getting into the Leipzig team. Um, a team that's full of stars, a team that's playing in one of the top divisions. When he comes and plays for us, he's in the spotlight. He's the main man. So, like, it, you know, going from that to that, it's kind of, yeah, quite bizarre for me. Um, ben, so we saw Dibus perform absolute wonders. Um, some really, really good saves um, to keep us in the game, as I was saying. How important a game do you think that was for him? Because he is just a name that appears on the subs list all the time. Um, obviously, with Gulacci being so well um, as our number one, an important sort of remember I'm here kind of statement, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, hey, you know, we, we saw his value in that game, especially towards the last 10 minutes of the game. Some of the saves we made there were vital. Uh, I think it's... Um, he, uh, it's not no surprise really for anyone who's been watching Freddy. I think Dibus is a very good goalkeeper. Uh, if there wasn't a probably world-class goalkeeper in Gulachi in front of him, then he might have got more caps for Hungary as well. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, this whole sort of international break has been um, all about the goalkeepers really at every level, uh, under 21 and under 19s as well. True, and we we will definitely be delving into uh, into those guys. Um, Tom, to to kind of finish up where we are with this kind of set of international fixtures. Uh, obviously, next up, albeit behind closed doors, is going to be England um, coming to Budapest. Um, what do you see as your starting eleven for that one? I think ideal world you'd still keep Golachi, of course. Like Golachi was was. It is like despite Debush's heroics, he's still a tier above Debush for me, and and also his quality against Serbia. Um, I'd I'd go for Orban, Fiola, and Attila Zale at, um, at in defence, presuming Zale is fit. Um, I'd I'd start Style straight away at left wing back, um, especially against England, which would be pretty cool for him, and you know that. ITV 100% going to interview him before the game and do an in-depth look at his family and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. VT. Uh, I'd continue with Nago at right wing back, though. I'm surprised we didn't see more of Boller, actually, in, in, in these these friendlies. He only got, like, about seven minutes against Northern Ireland. And um, he, he's, I think, he's had kind of in... Oh, he's, he's played pretty much every game for Grasshopper this season. I think he's been up. His form's been a bit up and down by the by all accounts. I don't watch him every week, I must say. Um, but I'm surprised he didn't get more more minutes in, in this international break. But I'd, I'd continue with Nago. I'd say Schaefer, Nodge, and um, Soboslay um, in midfield. Klein has it to come off the bench, hopefully. Um, and then Zolai and Sholai up top. And I think that's that is a really really good team. Like it's that's about as about as good as a team as as Hungary. I've seen a Hungarian team in my lifetime. Like you, you look at that team. There's no real weak links. You think to 
like you'd say maybe Fiola a little bit suspect to the back. He can be quite rash at centre half, but he's been very, very good for for Hungary. Um, he maybe showed his actual best <laughs> at left wing back somehow, but like he's been, he's been he's always kind of reliable for Hungary. Um, maybe you'd say Nago on a bad day is not great at right wing back, and he's not been very good at all for Vidi this season. Vidi have been not very good either. Um, and then yeah, the, the weakness maybe is Zola first touch which can certainly elude him at times but I thought he looked really sharp actually in these two games I think he's feeling the benefit of playing for bars all week in week out whereas at Mainz over the past couple of years I know he has played at higher level obviously in Bundesliga but he's been going through periods where he's been getting eight minutes here and there like over three weeks and made at times being completely out of the squad and stuff so I think we're seeing a sharper Zolai, which is nice. And um, yeah, you, you can't complain about that team. And like England are very good at the moment. I looked, I saw their results the other day, like had a look through their results the other day. And I think their one loss, which was obviously the Euros final, it's in about 25 games or something. They're on a huge, amazing run. But we obviously we drew to them at Wembley. And I think we could cause them a lot of problems like with that team, especially if they're not up for it which is a Nations League game. They're not going to be massively, but obviously they've got super talent. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for that game. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Chris, is that something you'd echo as well? Was there any changes you would make possibly to our starting lineup? No, I mean, every time, um, as Tom was talking, I think uh, every position he talked about was uh, was right on. Um, I, I will say, though, that I thought it was really cool to see Martin Adam uh, get in for you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, um, really almost, I mean, it's cause it's, there, there's no doubt that his, his form in, uh, in the, in the Hungarian league has been, uh, been amazing and actually didn't look really bad at all versus Northern Ireland, maybe a little bit better than, um, uh, when he came in against Serbia, but, um, no, I mean, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, Tom. I mean, it, it's exciting to think that we have those caliber players in each of those positions. And I think moving forward, uh, you know, that's the best we can hope for against some of the top teams this summer. Um, I am excited to watch those games, um, just knowing that we're in the top tier of uh, the Nations League, but also, um, you know, with a lot of fear and trembling, wondering what that's going to do uh, to the guys' confidence. You know, I mean, it's it, it really is going to be a huge test. And, you know, I, I can't imagine Rossi's thinking that, you know, they're going to top the table or anything. But, um, you know, putting out a team like that will give us the best chance of, of getting any kind of results and um, should be exciting to watch. There was some random Hungarian football podcast in English that was out there on the internet that the guys on there were saying last time that England would win like five or six nil at Wembley. Um, I don't know what ever happened to those guys. Anyone know? Because we, we all were nailed on. It was going to be a draw, weren't we, guys? Yeah, right. Um, I think they went. I think they went dark for like six months and then slowly, like quietly reappeared. <laughs> I think you're right, Tom. Ooh. I think you're right. Um, it was good that you you mentioned um, Martin Adam there, um, Chris Spencer. This this guy's um, exceptional, isn't he? Um, do you think though, at the moment, his introduction to the squad is more to um, get a feel of what it's about to be involved, blah blah blah, or do you think he's he's ready for that that step up? Yeah, it's definitely just to get a feel. I mean. Uh, he's been knocking on Rossi's door for a long time and Rossi has been kind of reluctant to call him up uh, just because, you know, he said he's, he wasn't really ready physically 
for international football. But uh, I think since then they've worked together and he's worked really hard to show Rossi that he is ready physically. And now, I mean, his numbers in the Hungarian league speak for themselves. Uh, he is of similar, somewhat similar style, at least, to Salai, um, which is an encouraging sign. But I, I do think if if we are looking at him as Salai's successor, uh, then uh, I would worry for the future of Hungarian football. You're right, Ben. So in talking of um, other youngsters that we have, so at the minute there's a lot, a lot of talk um, about our under-21, under-19, under-17s. Um, we, we've got players that during this last sort of bout of fixtures have, have kind of really, really showed their worth and, and the hype that we've we've been giving them and people like yourselves that are your, your sort of area of expertise have for, for, for many years now. Um, if I start with the under-21s, if I can, Ben, so my, my first question is that they have exceptional talent in that squad and it really I'm not using the word lightly there is some absolutely exceptional talent why are we persevering with Zoltan Guerra in charge of of these guys because the results have been like really 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 poor with this bunch of players Um, sentiment can't play a part with development can it and we all love Zoli what he's done for Hungarian football and he's an absolute idol um, for for most Hungarian fans but it's just not working is it this is a fiery question I love it I mean I mean uh, I'll try and answer it Um, I think you know we were all surprised by his appointment and I think although his results were horrible to begin with uh he's getting somewhat better i think the squad or the talent he had at his disposal to begin with wasn't as good as well uh now we're really seeing the likes of andash nemet uh, especially that 2002 born generation coming through and being ready for um uh, the under 21 level like uh, you know that that's that 2002 generation did really well at the under-17 Euros, made it to the World Cup as well. Um, and But it was a very strange appointment in the first place. I think for someone like Guerra, it would have been nice to see him follow a Steven Gerrard path, you know, where he started out at Liverpool's under-18 side, kind of learned the trade a little bit more mm. and then progressed gradually through Hungarian football rather than being appointed as the leader of the under-21 side, which is a, a fairly important job in Hungarian football. It's a fairly senior position as well. So uh, it, it was a surprising one. And I think as well, it's, it's, it's kind of tough for him because at under-19 and under-20 level, uh, we've seen that the, the managers are using the same system as Rossi's in the first team. And on one hand, you can understand why that system is being used because you know then it's easier for the younger players to transition into the first team, the senior team. Uh, but on the other hand, you know it, Zoltan Guerra probably has his own ideas and his own way of trying wanting to you know 
play with this under 21 team and I think that there is so much talent in in the under 21 and under 19 team that they could probably play a different type of football uh, which might be better suited to the players and the talent that is available to Guerra and Christian Tima but um, they're also being a bit limited and uh, that doesn't really help either I think. No very much I mean maybe I am being a bit harsh on 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 Guerra really really good points that you've um that you've made there um but Tom we've, we've we've kind of in the past because of the state of our national team regardless of age if if you were perceived as good enough you were pretty much thrown into the into the national team squad the first team squad um without that sort of huge transition but Obviously, now with, with our squad being so good, um, you know, we talked about the starting eleven that you guys picked there for for who should face England, etc. In the nation, and and you know, like you said, in in your generation, Tom, it's probably one of the best groups of players. And we didn't even mention those that we would have on the bench that are also like phenomenal talents. These under twenty ones now surely are going to need longer to develop because that path isn't there instantly. So we need to get it right with this group, as we've, we've failed with so many other generations. If if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Well, it's it's interesting as well, like on the twenty one level, because you look at um, you look at most nations really. Like if if you are good enough at, at, at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, whatever you'll play for the national team. You look at Jude Bellingham, like Bellingham's barely played for the under-21s. You look at Foden, Sancho even, like they don't really play for the under-21s. They just get fast-tracked into the first team. So it's an interesting kind of level at international football. Um, Some nations take it more seriously than others, like someone like Spain, for example, at least historically used to take it very seriously. Um, But now it's become... It's become almost like a B team, really. Like a lot of the under twenty one talents for for a lot, well, especially the top nations, and I guess most nations as well. If if you're good enough, you you will play for the for the first team. You you don't kind of stay in in that age group. That age group. Like if Macedonia have a really good nineteen year old, they're not gonna just bother him with the under twenty one. So it almost becomes like a B level. However, if Hungary's like. I mean, if 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 Andras Nemet, for example, was good enough for the for the first team, he he would be fast tracked in there as well. It'd be the same situation. Um, if he was playing week in week out for Genk, um, then he would be fast tracked into the t- first team. Like at the moment, it doesn't make any sense because he's not played senior football week in week out. It probably actually is good enough, like in terms of talent and ability, he probably is good enough to play for the first team, but. He's not really playing senior football, so I think it makes sense to kind of nurture him through. And I think that's what we just need to do with with all of this this age group is is kind of nurture them through. If they're not playing much senior football um, for their respective clubs, no matter how talented they are, I think the under twenty one works as like a nice a nice like kind of bridger um, age group, like a like what you would have uh, in boxing that they have now like called bridger weight, which is like between cruiserweight and heavyweight. It's almost like the same respect. Like that's how the under 21s can work. And, and maybe it's not a case of being getting too hell upon results at this level, 
Um, and, and I guess it shouldn't be about getting too hot up at resorts at, at any youth level, really. Performances and um, getting integrated with, with your teammates, getting integrated with going on international duty, getting integrated with the tactics that that um Hungary expects of, of its um of its players is that that is the most important I guess and that, I guess that's what we want to see under Gera we've we've not seen that really like we have we haven't seen good performances and we haven't seen good results it's been both both things have been badly have been bad so far but maybe he's he's maybe learning on the job and maybe he's getting better at the job I mean certainly recent results would show that we ha- we look like we are getting better we shouldn't be we should have beaten Poland the other day um we probably should have beaten them at home as well beat Latvia did look um quite out of our depth actually against Israel but Israel looked decent at this level um and yeah I guess it's just a work in progress for Gira and hopefully um yeah these under 21s will improve under him and it looks like we have I think but I think Andras Lemet is one of the reasons why why Hungary do look so much better because he is he is a, is a real real talent mm, absolutely I just I just wonder if there's something I mean a, a lot of our players are playing abroad now um like the youngsters um so they're playing under different coaching styles um to anything that they're they're, they're going to have seen in Hungary um I mean those that are coming back like uh Horvat who's who's playing for Seged in the second division uh, is on loan from Torino has been an absolute revelation albeit the second division um it's almost like everything he's learned whilst in Italy is being being kind of like coming to realization on the pitches in Hungary and and hence he's he's absolutely tearing it up um Chris for things like coaching wise and stuff like that obviously Bernd Stork had such great success with our with our youngsters um do you think there's something to be said for like obviously we have a foreign coach at at the top table um would you like to see those kind of ideas and coaching brought down to the um to the youth levels as well well I mean I think whatever they they decide to do um there just needs to be a consistency I think it helps to move um, you know, a, a, a certain any anytime you you have a pipeline of talent, I think it's always important to have kind of the same um, uh, consistent message, the same consistent uh, tactics that you're working towards. So, so as you move um, move up and move into the, the next stage, um, no matter who's in charge, that uh, you know you're you're getting the same kind of direction, the same kind of uh, training that's going going to make that top team that um you know the the full international level team the best it can be um so i you know i'm not really sure honestly if um you know having a non-hungarian at the lower levels to kind of match rossi's style i think it's important um obviously if you're you're communicating that you're all speaking the same language um whether that's english or whatever um you know, but, uh, you know, I think really what it comes down to more than anything is um, making sure no matter uh, who's in control of the, the U21s, the U17s, U19s, is that they're just kind of preaching the same, uh, the same message, the same style, so that as they, um, as they move up through the levels, that when they do reach that, that full national team, that they're, you know, they're not running into any roadblocks or they're not, you know, running into things that, that, that they won't be familiar with that makes sense oh, absolutely um 
Ben, so one of the names on everyone's lips currently at the moment is uh, you're obviously a, a young guy, but even you will know um, people in my age group, especially will, will remember Christian Lichtes, one of the most gifted Hungarian footballers you could ever wish to see. Now his son is um, the talk of the town. What can you tell us all about him? Yeah, first of all, I want to go back to Chris's consistency point because I've been sort of speaking with a couple of higher-ups in NB1 clubs and I think, first of all, not even at a national team level, but at club level, we need to install some consistency and some actual clear ideas and plans that uh, need to be put in place in terms of development and everything else before you know the national team team can start talking about you know consistency unfortunately uh but back back to listesh uh i've watched him a few times now and i've i really like him he's different to the original the senior christian and listesh from i i saw him play live once when he was in his 40s for ferencvaros <laughs> in in the hungarian first division so I remember a very different uh, Christian Istesh, but um, uh, from watching clips of him, he seemed a bit more explosive than his son. Uh, I think his son is uh, more direct, more physical. And uh, one of the things that stands out to me about Christian Istesh is uh, the the young one, the 16-year-old for Ferenc Varish. Yeah, well, they both played for Ferenc Varish is it's hard, it's hard to distinguish them uh but um one of the things that stands out to me is his um sort of shooting technique is he, he can really hit the ball cleanly um it's a, a different style to someone like Sobosay. he goes more for pace and sort of more cleaner technique than Sobosay. but um no he's a, he's a really exciting talent and he's already been training with freddie's first team so that that you know, he's he's kind of already made his very fledgling steps into that senior setup. I mean, he's he's playing for Freddie's second team, who play seniorish football in the Hungarian third division. It's just going to be interesting to see whether he does get the chance on the Chelsov because it doesn't seem like he is that keen on Hungarian players at the moment. Yeah, and like you were saying about the consistency and, 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 and what Hungarian clubs need to find at first division level, it's interesting that the gulf is so huge between, well, I say the gulf, in terms of size, financial, etc. The gulf is so huge in terms of um, Friday and the rest of the division. I mean, it's, it's been amazing to see sort of, you know, Kishvada knocking on, on the door, you know, but... We kind of know how this story ends and I think we know for the next however many seasons how this story ends and um, it's really interesting can you tell us Spencer about the the uh, rule changes coming in next season with regards to younger players and how you think that could help um, both the division and the national teams yeah I mean so firstly like we need to establish why the rules actually need to be in place and that's because like Hung, like the Hungarian league is just getting older and older every year uh, and there's less and less young players coming through. I think recently uh, the Football Observatory, CIES, released a statistic, a statistic on sort of how many 
percentage of minutes are taken up by under 21 players in individual leagues and I was looking at um, the countries in the region who actually made it to the playoff in Hungary's region like Austria for example lead with 13.3% then Serbia 12% Croatia 11% Poland 9.5% and then Ukraine 8.8% while that number is only 7.5% in Hungary and they have the oldest sort of average age in the league like in the region in terms of the league and on top of that I was looking at um, how many under 19 players have made goal contributions and how many minutes they've played as well and again Hungary are way below those numbers like in Austria 27 goal contributions have been made by uh, under 19 players in Croatia it's 24 in Serbia it's 23 in Poland it's 16 in Ukraine it's seven and then in Hungary it's just two <laughs> and that was Zalan Kereji and Zalan Wancha. And then if you look at the average minutes per team that under 19 players are playing in every sort of league around the area, in you have in the Croatian league 700, 500, sorry, 757.4 minutes are, are played on average by under 19 players per team. In Serbia, that's 625. Then in Poland, it's 369. Ukraine, 316. Austria, 231. And Hungary, it's 138 minutes. So right now, Hungarian young players are not getting that opportunity. And I think in the under 19 game, or the last one against Turkey, uh, at the end of it, the under-19 manager, Tima Christian, was asked about like, well, what went wrong? And he made an allusion to the fact that, you know, the players just weren't physically prepared for that exertion. It was just too much for them. And uh, he even compared, um, he sort of compared and contrasted with the opponents that they have faced. And he said, uh, this is our English translation, looking at the players of the opponents, we can see that most of them are already playing at, at, at the adult level. Physically mature players can play fast football. I hope that in the future more and more of our players will prove, or even this tournament has proven that we have more value and that you can count on the players. I trust clubs will also give more and more opportunities to young people because they, they have the future. Um, so in light of that, I think there's definitely a need for some sort of measures that need to be introduced. And recently, the MLS have been sort of meeting at Pushkash Academia and uh, they introduced these this, this sort of in, incentivization, essentially, of um, saying that um, every club needs to fulfil a certain criteria of under 21 minutes in order to get the bonus of 325 million forints, which is roughly around 800-ish thousand pounds, which is a lot of money in Hungarian football. And if uh, certain clubs, I mean, if, if clubs don't qualify for the criteria that the MLS have set out, then they're not going to get the money. It's interesting. 
Benz, that's absolutely fantastic as always. And um, guys, if, if if the younger players and all those kind are, are your thing, and so they should be, um, Benz, the stuff that he puts on Twitter in, with regards to the kind of things that you've just listened to is absolutely phenomenal. So make sure you check that out. Tom is sad, isn't it? We've been talking about it for years and years, and we literally years, ten years plus. We've been talking about the fact that you know, hung, how do you make Hungarian football better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How sad it is that they have to be given financial contributions to add youngsters to to, to play in time, um, and it's n- that that money. I was absolutely jaw dropping that that figure that's being um, banded about because that's like entire seasons playing blood budgets for for some of the smaller teams etc um it's sad tom isn't it really or am i just being you know is it just me thinking that yeah i think the uh the hungarian fa are gonna have to hope that orban wins the next election next month because i don't think those sort of figures will be being banded around if they if the opposition are in power i have to say um like you say though it's 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 been happening for forever, and and it, and it is a difficult thing to sort out, really. Like, there's so many catch twenty twos in in kind of every aspect of this. You, we used to think. Well, I used to think of be kind of subscribed to the theory that our players need to get out of Hungary at the earliest um, point they can because that's where they'll learn the most. So, in the case of Christian Nemet. Gulacci, Kadar, those kind of players back in, like like we were talking about, like ten plus years ago, and and they seem to to thrive, I guess, in 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 some cases, Vladimir Koman as well, going going to Italy and and playing their trade abroad, playing essentially under better coaches, at, at better facilities, alongside better players, um, with a with a progression potential potential progression to first teams in 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 big leagues. The problem is when you do that, then you, you obviously lose all the best talent and then your league suffers as a result. And then you have this kind of problem where um, you have to incentivize um, clubs to play under 21 players. And and the problem is with with doing this is that if if they're not good enough, if if the clubs aren't don't think that they're, the, these under 21s right now are good enough to be playing in the first team, are they really going to be ever good enough? Like the the home, like are they ever really going to come through the league at maybe later stage and and then become a first, like a really really important player for Hungary? It doesn't often happen. You think David Shiga being an example of of a late developer like that. Uh, Daniel Berder as well. There are there are few examples like it, and I guess you would. You'd point to someone like Loic Nago as well, because I guess he came to the league later and um, obviously he had to play in Hungary for a certain amount of time before he, he could play. But obviously he's, he's 30, I think 30 now, maybe 31, and he's still playing for the national team. However, what you want really, you want these players to be good enough anyway. You don't really want the, you don't really want it to be an incentive for these clubs to be playing under 21 players. I, I just, I, I, I find it quite bizarre that either the clubs don't think they're good enough or they're not giving their, them the opportunities anyway. And and it doesn't look like they are giving them the opportunities. You took look at Zalan Vancha, for example. 
like and scouts I've, I've talked to Benson well Benson's kind of told me about what scouts think of, of Voncher before and you see his talent on the pitch like you know I, I feel like you don't have to be a scout to realize how good he is but like his his first team opportunities at MT Car have been few and far between that's a whole nother story that we could get into but that's a story for another day I mean uh the the manager at MTK is a, is a strange person. I've I've spoken to people who know the situation a bit better, and uh, it is a strange one. Uh, you know, it, it, he seems keen to play anyone else but Wancha. And then, but when he did come on, I think against Homvid, you saw his influence. And you know, when you are fighting against the relegation <laughs> against relegation, I think you do need those kind of players. But I think back to your point as well about sort of whether they're good enough. I would say, look at the under-19 team. Uh, they've managed to match uh, a, a very talented uh, sort of group that they were in and go toe-to-toe with them and almost qualify. And there are a lot of talented players in that side who are not being given the opportunity because of the pressures on the manager as well, because of the, I think, the, the way the league is set up, this 12-team system, like, there's so much pressure on uh, managers to perform because a couple of bad results and, like, you you end up in the relegation zone and then you saw in, in the other side, uh, Zalaga, who were, we were talking about them as relegation fodder, uh, you know, a few months back a few good results, a bit of an unbeaten run, and now they're competing for Europe. So when the margins are so tight, uh, the environment for young players to come through is a lot more difficult as well. Yeah, and you maybe think that that's why like some a lot of youth talents in MB2 are maybe getting more of a look at, well, like they're especially getting more of a look in the levels, obviously a little bit lower, but like I guess there's a little bit more freedom in that division for that kind of thing. And you see like Daniel Nemeth as well, like how good he was for the young, uh, under-19s and he's gone um, to Nofta. Is that Slovenia? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's like the second division. But surely, yeah, yeah, Hungarian. surely with Costa uh, gone, uh, now there's going to be an opportunity for him next season at least at Zeta because like... Who else do they have as strikers? I think Zimunyu and Tivakrish as well. Like they're they're really running out of options in terms of attackers. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really quite strange, like the whole system. And and you see, like you can tell why players do go abroad to get out of this kind of weird system. You think like how good like Shenko is at um, Juventus. Like I, I I said on Twitter, I don't think I've ever seen a a Hungarian goalkeeper as good as that at that level. Like he, he just he looks like a man, and he he makes some he's made some incredible saves for Juventus in the in the Euro for Youth League this season, and in all three games for the under 19s he he looked amazing as well. He looks like I say he looks like a man. He looks like like um, the frame of Donnarumma. Um, I think yeah, super super excited for him. And like I say, I've not seen a Hungarian as good at that level. Um, and I, I Gulachi wasn't that good at that level. Like he's unbelievable. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, he's he's been the size of him is just incredible alone. It, he's, he's, he's an incredible talent. And I think someone did ask that question 
ahead of the podcast who we think is better, Hedgy or Shanko. And I think as good as Hedgy is, I would say Shanko is the better player. But that's no slight on Hedgy. Like Hedgy has been one of the best goalkeepers, I think, in Premier League 2 this season. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does next season as well. And he's he's extremely young and he was quality for the under-21s. Uh, but I think it, it's encouraging to see that after Gulacci, that there's probably going to be a future, it looks like, in terms of the national team, in terms of goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah and like always... And like always, we always have good keepers. Like in, in that, that never, that is like a Hungarian tradition, isn't it? We always have good keepers. Yeah, and, and another one to watch is uh, Jakob Ishvili. Um, oh, Barcelona, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he's he's kind of getting some very, very sort of good reviews over there at the minute. It's just, yeah, phenomenal. Um, so... Tom, in in terms of um, what we were talking about, how you know these these under twenty ones playing in in uh, or whatever age they are playing in MB one, do you also think there's got to be a factor of what's the point with Ferenc Varos so far ahead and you know are, are just always going to be able to spend the money and 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 whatnot? Do you think there's got to be an element of that as well that that kind of holds these these back? Yeah, because I mean. I mean, in all realistic, uh, yeah, in in all realism, like the only thing that these guys are doing is, and and not that this is a small thing, but like it takes the competitiveness out of them that they're they're basically playing for a contract elsewhere, aren't they? Because they're playing for or second in the league. Like in, I guess when you play against Ferenc Faros, it must be amazing to play against such quality players, but. It does take the competitiveness out of the league when you've got a team who are so so dominant and and what are you doing? You're either competing for to try and finish second to qualify for the Europa League, um, maybe challenge Froddy a little bit because they've been very up and down this season, I guess. Um, but we all know that they're probably just going to march to the league when they when they want to when they can just turn it on. Or you're going to be playing for a relegation threatened team. And there's quite a lot of those this season. Um, and it must take the competitive competitive drive out of you when that is the case. Whereas you think when like you kind of grow up and you, you play, you're playing for, I don't know, like say even like Man United or whatever, you, you've got like Champions League, even if you're not going for, your, for the league or whatever. It's just a different kettle of fish when you... And you're not playing in front of like massive crowds every week for your home team. You're not playing in or, or home or away. Like all that kind of that culture just breeds, I guess, a little bit of maybe apathy towards towards your game every week. Whereas if you do go abroad, you you I guess you you immerse yourself more in a football culture, especially if you go into like one of the big leagues or even somewhere like Holland or, or somewhere like that. Like, it, there's so much more of a football coach, even somewhere like Serbia as well, to be honest. I, I know football managers have come to uh, to Hungary from Serbia and said, I, I can't believe the football culture in Hungary compared to, to somewhere like Serbia. Like, that's something that needs to change more than anything. Like, that, that kind of mentality change and the culture change, as well as kind of the coaching and the ability. Like, you can make players as good as... As, as they are and like Hungary have always been very very good at making technical footballers 
but the mentality sometimes just doesn't go alongside that and I think maybe that is because of the culture and the importance that we have in with Hungarian football like it isn't the most important thing in the world whereas you go to other countries that the, the culture is just so much more fervent like and ferocious and 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 passionate yeah no absolutely but I think if we um in terms of how how Friday are going in the league I think with uh Churchill soft at the at the helm we'd be um be quite interesting to see how that pans out because he definitely doesn't seem to be uh doing particularly well let's say despite the results but um we'll save that for another show for sure um ben says it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on i'm sure we're going to get lots of messages um and uh we we really need to get you back and do a show that covers um youth football i think we could speak for a, a good few hours on that um ben so thanks for coming on yeah it's always a pleasure great to be on Thanks, buddy. And uh, Tom, as always, a pleasure. And um, yeah, hopefully we can resurrect this podcast from the, uh, the the flames of whatever it was that kept us away. Our predictions, that was it, our match predictions. Um, and Tom, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Gabby. Hopefully we can uh, can get these shows more regular now. Um, international fixtures are coming thick and fast. In June, we've got four in 10 days. So that's a lot to get our teeth into. So thanks again for listening and we will catch you all next time round. Take care. Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs>